Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, business, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's podcast, I'm here in studio with Rebecca Kroll, and we're going to be discussing your upcoming show. Uh, You're here for the holidays, so we're going to be talking a little bit about kind of balancing family uh, with an art career. I think that you had a few things on your mind that you wanted to talk about, so I'll I'll just let you go. Okay, I'll start out. uh, Well, I... I am home in Wisconsin for just a short time. We're we're leaving right after Christmas, and this is Christmas Eve day as we're recording this. And what I uh, have lying ahead of me back in New Mexico when we get there is about two months in which to produce a lot of work because I have two exhibits coming up. And one is at the Telluride Gallery of Fine Art, and that one opens in Colorado, and that one opens on March the 1st. And then followed not too long afterwards by a show at the Jen Tuff Gallery. And um, she is moving from um, Vallejo to Benicia, California. And that one opens May 11th. So it might seem that there was a bit of time between the two shows, but in in the interim, I'm going to Ireland, so, and I don't, I don't really do much bigger work there, so I'll probably do some small work. So what it boils down to is that in the next two months, I have to have enough work for two shows, and I want some large paintings. Um, I do have a few underway, but, and, and several that are finished, but, you know, I'm feeling a little stressed about this. <laughs> so, so this is going to be your second time back in Ireland as well in so many months, correct? Well, yeah, I was there in um, October of 2017. And right, I decided to go back in the spring. And so as a result, it's not that much time in between. Yeah. Is that unusual for you? Yeah, I've never been there in the spring. So I'll actually be there on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, okay. I'll be there for, you know, really the beginnings of spring, I think, there. Yeah, so it'll be wonderful. Are you excited about about experiencing Ireland at a different time of year? I, I and... am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do love the fall. I love the uh, the autumn there because it is a wild weather time. I would say from what I've seen, and you know, I kind of like the storms and the wind and the changing weather all the time. I'm hoping it'll be a little bit calmer in the spring. But mm-hmm. one thing that will really be nicer is longer days. Uh, you know, when you're there. In late autumn, the light fades pretty quickly at the end of the day. And the studios have really nice skylights, but once that light fades, it's a little bit harder to work late. So this will be really nice. I'm also interested to see how it's going to affect your work. Um, The the kind of the stormy skies and rough (laughs) rough weather seems to come through quite a bit. So experiencing, you know, the the country and the culture at a different time of year... Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, and I may be totally wrong. It may be just as stormy in March as it is in October. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's always that way. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So how are you you, uh, preparing for all of this coming up in in the near future, the two shows and the trip? Mm, Well, um, I'm blocking out the next two months starting, you know, as soon as we get back to New Mexico in just a few days. And so January and February, I'm just going to really, really focus on my painting. We're having maybe a few visitors and there's always interesting, fun things to do, but 
I'm really hoping to be very focused on it. And I think that will really, I think it'll be really a good time, actually. And I was I was saying to you this morning, Ross, that I saw a, a video that Nicholas Wilton posted on Facebook. And he does, um, he's an artist in California who does a lot of teaching. And he makes these uh, nice short videos that are about art practice and just different issues that come up for people in their studios. And he, he did one today about, it was kind of kind of charming. It was just about being happy in the studio. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, what, what really motivates people to keep working? And there is that element of a personal joy that you feel uh, when you're working and when you finish something that you like. And it's not that it's always joyful. <laughs> there's a yeah, lot of... There's a lot of work. There's a lot of ups and downs to it. But in the end, I think... Uh, for me, I, I relate to that. I think there is a lot of, of joy to it. And so when I was listening to this, I thought, hmm, you know, maybe I just need a little attitudinal shift here because I've been kind of stressed about it, really, and these shows coming up and kind of like, oh, how am I going to get everything done? And oh, so much work to do. I thought, well, actually, you know, it could really be a nice couple of months. Sure. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on that um, attitudinal shift, I would say. Well, and it's hard this time of year because of the holidays and everything else that's going on. Right, right. So There's, balancing that, that huge workload that you have coming up over the next couple of months with yeah. being at home, being with family, right. and there's, know, experiencing there's the, kind the holidays. Of, yeah, and there's a the kind of end of year things too that are business related, like taxes and sure. you know maybe trying to update my inventory and things like that that I try to do as the year comes to an end. But you know I don't, I can't physically paint all day long. I do have time when I'm just just want to sit and work on the computer or something. So mm-hmm. I'll try to get those things done or too. bake cookies or bake cookies. Yeah, that's <laughs> always important. <laughs> So, yeah, it's actually been really nice to be back in Wisconsin just for this short time to, um, yeah, I've been more relaxed and I've just been enjoying cookies and things and seeing friends and family. And so, yeah, it's a good break and it's good to take a break when you have something big coming up. Yeah, very true. And I think that everybody is kind of experiencing that, not just in the art world, but in business and personal lives. Yeah, there's this kind of pause. And I think for myself, I do, over the years, I've cut out things that were holiday traditions, but maybe were a little bit stressful or Mm -hmm. took a lot of time. And one by one, they've sort of fallen by the wayside until I've ended up with a pretty simple approach to Christmas and one that I can truly enjoy. And I think uh, keeping all the important things of just being together with people and well i think that there's something to be said for that attitude just toward life in general is you know cut all cut out the frivolous excess you know yeah. focus on the things that are really important absolutely yeah and maybe also as an approach to creating and yeah 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 and i think and there also is there is a focus that comes when you have deadlines and i think it does help to uh, the focus helps you to cut out things that, yeah, maybe you don't need to be doing right now. And I think uh, in the past, it's been helpful. It's it's helpful for me to know that I always do come through, even when I have a lot going on, which is fairly normal for me, actually, to have a lot of things going on. But, but I know looking, you know, at my own 
track record that, yes, I do come through. Yes, I will have enough paintings. <laughs> it's just, it's that anticipatory idea that it's looming, you know, and mm-hmm. instead of one day at a time, just do what you can do. And, you know, it is a good approach to life in general, for sure. All right. Well, so how are you, how do you get ready for a show? Well, it's a long process. And I think my my feelings about what I want an exhibit to be have probably changed over the years. And I know for a long time when I had an exhibit, I would pretty much think of it as kind of a slice of life, as in this is what I'm working on now um, and not not very thematic at all. I mean, not um, not with a central idea, but I'm I'm more and more liking the idea that an exhibit is a chance to express an idea that not a it, I don't like my work to be repetitious. I like there to be a variety in an exhibit, but I do like the idea of of it being more than just this is what I've been doing, <laughs> and so. Part of getting ready for an exhibit for me is to think about the thematic content or the conceptual content of it. And I'm not sure about that right now. I think it's going to evolve for me as I complete the work. So that's got to be difficult when you're trying to create work, (laughs) you know, to be thinking like all of this is going to be going into the same show. It all needs to be kind of related in some way. Yeah, no, it's... It's a, it's an intense and evolving time when you're focused on getting uh, work together and you know that it's going to be seen as a group of work and you know that it's every time there's an exhibit, it's a point to stand back and say, uh, to evaluate it for yourself. And if I can, it's not always possible, but if I can, I like to spend time in, in the gallery, looking at the work alone and take some notes and just spend some time with it and realize it's a, it's sort of a, it's a culmination. It's a pause, a moment to pause and say, this work is done. What was it about? And of course, as I just said, I'm hoping that I sort of know what it's about <laughs> before I put it up and I will, but there's a, you know, it's always a launching pad to the next thing. So it's a really, really good thing to just enjoy the work by yourself when it's all in the walls, it's all beautifully lit in a quiet space. It's very different than the way it looks in the studio. And that's a, um, so there's a, there's something about an exhibit that is, it's a stepping stone to the next thing. And it's a culmination of what's been going on. So does looking at the work as a whole, does that affect you creatively and how you go about creating yeah. the work? Do you feel like you kind of end up leaving things out or, or missing opportunities to explore work in a different direction when you're trying to work thematically? Um, In a way, I would say you're always in your career putting a few things on the back burner. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could explore every idea that comes into my mind. I mean, one area for me that fascinates me is printmaking. And I keep I keep thinking, oh, at some point, I'm really going to spend some time printmaking. And so far, it's, it's bits and pieces. And I, you know, I have ideas in my head. And I, 
there's always something more demanding with with the painting that is sure. taking. So, in a way, you're right. I think. I don't know. The, it, you you make choices. You always have to. Well, to use an example that's probably totally foreign to most of our, our listeners, it's kind of like Michael Jordan when he had this great career in basketball and he was like, well, I've always enjoyed baseball. I want to go play baseball too. Uh-huh. you know. And then he goes and he plays baseball and he's good at it, but he doesn't compete at the same level right. that he did in basketball. Yeah. So it's always hard to, to move into something new yeah. where even if you really enjoy it, you don't have that, that you know decades of experience and basis. To, to build a career off of it. Yeah, but I would say getting back to um, the comment earlier about finding joy in your work, you know, that's part of it too. And yeah, you if, have if to take risks. Baseball is your joy. You got to do it too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I think I think fitting fitting those other experiences in different media or different approaches in around the edges is really excellent for what you might consider your main body of work. Because uh, to use a slight bit of art jargon, people talk about one thing informing another. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good word, actually. Um, gets a little overused, but I would say one media informs another. You might experience something in printmaking that gives you an idea for, for painting. Sure. And vice versa. And um, people, I think I... I may have mentioned this before, but it comes up with me in photography where people say, uh, oh, I I, th- I think, you know, I like that photograph you took. I think you're going to make a painting that's based on the photograph. And it's, it's more actually- like your photographs are based on your paintings. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's the opposite, uh, really. I mean, the painting has taught me to see uh, differently when I photograph. So, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, interaction and I... I think it's very good for people to work in other media. And one of one of my plans for the upcoming months is to do some work on paper with water-based media. And that's always a different experience, but I want to try that. Do you find that, that working with water-based media is a little bit easier when you're traveling and It is, and I've but I've just uh, I've learned to enjoy it for its own sake and so this would be mixed media, not straight acrylic, but I use um, just about anything that mixes with water or drawing materials can be combined. So I've always done a lot of small works on paper using uh, things like gouache and charcoal and water-soluble graphite. And so this new challenge, because it's always fun to have a new challenge, is to work bigger this way. So I have some 22 by 30 inch paper that I'm going to be working on. I do seem to recall you having done some larger works with charcoal and and with similar materials in the past, mm-hmm. though. Well, last last year when I was in, or well, in the show that I had in Ireland in September October, um, I used some work that I'd done the previous year, which was large works on paper using acrylic and charcoal, and they came out really well, and I was excited about them. So I have worked. Those few paintings, large in the past, and my work itself has changed since then. So I'm going to be applying the challenge of the new direction that I'm working with 
with it, this media. So now that I've said it in public, I, you know, I hope it works out, but it may or may not. <laughs> well, One never always, knows. That's always the thing when you're trying new things, oh, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. there's always risk involved and. Absolutely. And it, you know, it keeps you on your toes and um, yeah, I'm excited to try it. I, I may mean, ditch it. Who when, knows? I, when I've spoken with people who are successful, though, there's always an element of risk in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always willing to put to to try new things, to try things differently, and that's what makes the difference. I mean, anybody can can go uh, get a paint by number book from the art supply store and you know yep. make make hotel room landscapes. You know. Yep. Well, and you know it's it's there's always a tension when you're working between going back to something that has worked and saying, well, you go forward with something that's worked and you're familiar with, and oh, maybe this time I'll just change a few things. I'll make it a little better. And that there's definitely a place for that because I think you have to play out an idea that, that you're uh, happy with for as long as it's interesting and sure and you have to try things that that are known to work right in order to get that base that, that exactly. you build up that talent base you know that that's why they have art courses in in kind of mimicking the works of the masters mm-hmm. you know yeah i think i mean the 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 basics that you build on that's you know kind of your your voice your personal voice so personal voice is something that you you build on over the years. So you don't want to just ditch that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, your voice needs to change with your new ideas and things that you've been learning or thinking about. So for me, there's been a shift in my work over the last year or so, which is now more a shape oriented. There's more contrast. It's more dramatic work than I've done in the past. And when I was talking about thematic ideas for exhibits, it is something related to this new work. I just haven't quite defined what it is, but it has something to do with dualities because of the contrast element. So there's light and dark, and there's textural and flat. And there's something about that that's really interesting to me. So I may or may not define it any more than contrast and duality, which is, it's a pretty, pretty deep theme, really. So for people who are just starting out, maybe they're college students or grad students who are are looking forward to their first show, would you suggest trying to work thematically? Or do you think that they should just display Mm. what they, like you said, said, you know, uh, here's the work that I've been doing over this period of time? Yeah, it, you know, it actually depends a lot about, about how the person approaches things naturally. I've met fairly new artists who have only been doing it for a few years whose natural inclination is conceptual, is thematic, that they have ideas that they want to express and they know what they are and they're clear about that. And in that case, I think then you find the best ways to express your ideas and that a, a thematic show would be would be really appropriate but somebody who's coming at it more like i'm learning a new medium i'm exploring i'm trying things out then i think there is enough of a challenge in just getting consistent work together and we're always asked 
to make statements about our work. That's part of having an exhibit. You have to say something about it. Mm-hmm. So you need something to say about it. But when I look back at my earlier art statements, they were they were pretty vague. I mean, there was exploration of the medium, basically. Do you think that that's a better way to uh, go about doing an artist statement than, you know, it, 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 it like being kind of overly specific about your work representing a certain, you know, <laughs> thing that you're trying to represent... Yeah, I see. I, you know, it's it's a balancing act like so many things mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't want to over-explain and you don't want to, I, I don't like artist statements that are very sort of pedantic, like this is how you must interpret the work. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like to give a little background and say how I've come into this work, what it means to me. And and also just some uh, basic technical or, you know, how is it done background for people that don't really understand the way I work. So, it, yeah, I'm always pretty cautious about over explaining. Sure. <laughs> and, and we've all we've all seen artist statements that that do kind of pound you over the head with the important significance of the work. And I really think it's like. You don't need to let people decide for themselves if it's significant or important. It seems like like there's kind of two different approaches to writing an artist statement. There's, you know, the kind of what you're talking about, like, this is what the work represents and it's about, yeah. you know, I'm pushing for this or that issue, yeah, yeah. you know. And then there's more like the technical approach yeah. where you're kind of explaining your exploration of the medium, how you're using tools, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I tend to prefer the second type, but yeah. there's a balancing act because people who are coming at it who aren't involved in the medium don't necessarily know what you're talking about if that's the case. Right, and I think ideally you leave people with a few ideas. Uh, you leave them with something that they can say, "Hmm, I could see that. That's interesting. I can I can see that in the work, and maybe it maybe it uh, brings up other ideas for them." So it's it's like you're setting the stage for something that might be evocative in someone's thoughts, rather than saying, you know, exactly what it is. And I mean, I'm thinking a little bit about the statement I wrote for my my show that ended this fall that was at Bowen Glen Arts Foundation. And I kind of, I didn't use these words, but basically the show was kind of a, kind of a love story to, to County Mayo because I'd been there a number of times and everything in the, in the exhibit and it was in different media. It was all about some response to being there and that, that there was so much in the landscape and the atmosphere that was uh, moving to me. And so basically that was my kind of my intro. And then I, I went on with a, a little bit of other background, but you know, just kind of want to set the stage for what people are looking at and, and then people can read it as they wish. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I thought that was, that was an example of a thematic show, really, for me. I mean, I don't, I don't get my conceptual ideas are not uh, exactly explained. I guess I would say that they're sure. they're guiding ideas for me, but they may be quite open ended. So, do you have trouble when you're trying to stay in this in this kind of mind space where you're working on a thematic show, 
and then you come home for the holidays for a couple <laughs> weeks and you're kind of taken out of your environment yeah. where you've been working for the past month yeah. or what have you. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the, there's a lot of sort of, I don't know what you would call them, just sort of rules, I guess, in the art world, if you, if you want to call them that. And one of them is you must always paint every day or something. And, and I've always thought, hmm. Not really. I mean, I kind of enjoy not painting sometimes. I love it when I do. But to take a small break where, I mean, I've been in my studio, I've been gessoing panels and working on a few small things, but not with the intensity that I normally work. And I think it's good. I think it's a break. And I think it gives you a little pause to think, to think a little bit and and just kind of mull things over. Sure. Well, the other thing I was thinking is is that um, you know you have your studio here in Wisconsin that, do, that yeah. has been kind of your home for for decades yeah you know and now you have also a studio in New Mexico yeah so yeah. switching between the two locations <laughs> it's a bit odd really uh, they're very different the one here is is spacious and pretty well heated and lit and I've got all my stuff everything I've been collecting everything I've painted for that's come back to me and it is sort of a, an art womb you know it's got everything I need uh, the one in New Mexico is a bit more makeshift it's it's very small it's a little um, maybe 10 by 10 feet of workable space and it's one little window and we've got a bunch of lights in there and stuff it's not it's kind of drafty it's not very well heated and so it's not as comfortable. There's nowhere to sit, you know, at the same time, who's complaining. I mean, you know, I walk out the door and look at the mountains and it's, it's wonderful to be there, but physically it is a pretty different space. And and we are planning to build a bigger studio there probably next year. Do you feel like travel has kind of given you maybe a, a, um, a greater ability to kind of adapt to different circumstances? I think so. I mean, or maybe I, yeah, I don't, I think I've just grown into it as I've I've gone. I, I do remember early on stressing quite a bit about what materials to bring. And I think we, we talked about this a little bit when I was getting ready to we go did. to Ireland. Yeah, like if you don't have everything you need, you'll be okay. You know, I mean, maybe you just use something, a different color or something. And so it is... It, I mean, I think about the different uh, actual studios that I've worked in with different artist residencies and things. And yeah, you do. You have to adapt. You just say, okay, maybe I'm not going to be able to hang anything on the wall to look at it because the walls are made out of stone and I can't figure this out quite. So I'll figure something else out, you know. Do you feel like having to adapt to circumstances and not being able to have access to everything you need? Do you think it actually improves your work having to work with things in a way that you didn't necessarily anticipate it's possible yeah i it that's a hard one to answer because i don't know if i'd gone to an artist residency and it had every supply and everything i needed would my work have been different i don't know i think most of the time when i'm elsewhere the input from my surroundings is what's impacting the work a lot and mm-hmm. so it's um that's really the main thing that's going on 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of thinking, I guess, about... I, I got Star Wars on the brain because of the new movie coming out, right? <laughs> okay. And and this is... It, I'm pretty Star Wars ignorant, I yeah, have to admit right now. <laughs> but but I, when I look at the, the original movies where the special effects were put together with scotch tape and popsicle sticks and, right. you know, scavenged parts from model kits and, yeah. and, and they look incredible, ah, you know, and then, and then the you look at, of and that. then as soon as you, you take the puppets and the, the kind of the improvised special effects out of it and replace it with CGI, ah. the whole thing goes way downhill. Really? And it's like this influx of money and resources is becomes a detriment to the art form. Ah, yeah. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. And maybe it's more maybe it's more that your creativity is challenged in a different way when you don't have everything that's comfortable and the way you want it and mm-hmm. all that. I can see that in New Mexico I have to adapt a little bit different attitude about how I'm going to make things work. And I, I don't know if it's really affecting the work. That would be hard to know. But I can say my attitude feels a little bit different mm-hmm. out there. Well, it does seem to me that, that success is almost the enemy of creativity in a way. Uh-huh. And there's this difficulty in becoming successful and maintaining your your creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in, in movies. You also you see, see it a lot. with comedians yep. and, and various artists. You know, they become successful and then they lose what it is that makes their their art special. And you have to be able to, I think, maintain that kind of, that struggle you do. For, for your creativity. You do. And I think, I think it's important not to think that much about success. I mean, I, <laughs> I appreciate success and I've had success but I don't sit around and think about it very much, you know, and I think it it could mess with your mind, you know, too much to sure to to kind of, um, you know, luxuriate in the idea that you've accomplished something or made something important. And yeah, it could make you it could divert your energy. I well, I, I don't think that you're somebody who suffers from an inflated ego or anything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I it's not my nature and I don't you know I don't want to go there and so I think that you know I keep getting back to this idea of of joy versus struggle in the work and Mm -hmm. there's another one of those kind of art myths if you will or rules is that there's a lot of quotes floating around about artists kind of hating everything they do or I've never liked a painting I've done or I mean I can't remember who was supposed to have said these things but they pop up on Facebook sure this idea that in order for the work to improve and be good you have to sort of hate it all the time (laughs) and I never relate to that because there are certainly moments when it's hard and I think looking at the arc of any body of work any year of work you can say there were times when it was really difficult and there were paintings that took months instead of weeks and there were times when you thought where is this going and yet in the end there's this satisfaction and this joy in it and that's personally what keeps me going i i don't know how you keep painting if you really hate it all oh for and sure. so it's just one of those kind of odd things that oh we're always struggling or frustrated as artists and I don't know. To me, it's ebb and flow. 
Well, and, and I see it too in, in kind of like doing these podcasts even, yeah. you know, um, I, I really enjoy it. You know, I think we have great conversations. I um, do too. I, th- I think yeah. that, I think that the audio quality is, is decent. Um, but you know, I'm sure that we'll look back on these early episodes, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and just be totally embarrassed by them. It could be. Yeah. You know, here we are in a, in a cramped, uh, little makeshift studio space and we both have colds and. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I it's a work in progress and that's that's the way to look at anything. I yeah. mean and I I think I think becoming too stuck in a certain way of painting or a certain way of doing things I understand the temptation when you've got something that people like and it's selling and the galleries are saying we just need a few more of those, you know, and okay, okay, I'm doing that. And then you know, but but for me personally, I just after a while it just dies for me. I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so then I something, and it's not like I sit around and think, oh, what's next. It's more there's an there's an evolution that just just starts happening. I sometimes I I see it coming and I think really uh, I don't know if I want to do that you know and I, I would say that about this current work which is much more angular and contrasty than anything I've ever done and I saw it coming and it kept poking its head up throughout the last year or so and sometimes I would say uh, I don't think so that's not really me go away now and it just it just kept coming at me and um, recently I had the thought of uh, you know Okay, I have to own this work. It's 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 being very it's being very compelling to me, and so on some level I have to welcome it in and say, yeah, okay, what are you going to teach me? What's going on here? Why why do I have this thing happening in my work that seems a bit odd for me, honestly? But I can tell they're good paintings, and I'm happy with them. It's just you know, this, there's a slight uncomfortable feeling for me in putting this work out there. It's very different. Yeah. But I've had good response. And, um, you know, I, I had a moment of trepidation when I sent images off to the gallery in Colorado, where I'm having the exhibit. And the director there had said, Oh, show me what you're working on. (laughs) Okay, here it is. (laughs) And I sent her four or five things I've been doing over the last months or so, a few months, and waited on pins and needles and took her a few days. And she wrote back and said, I love the new work. Oh, good. And I felt so (laughs) happy about that. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to worry about that anyway. Yeah. But that's, you know, that feeling of, you know, just entering a new territory is interesting and exciting and a little scary. And you're still doing it after how many years, you know? Oh, a lot, a lot of years. Yeah, yeah, a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting too the the more geometric and angular compositions actually relate back to the work I was doing um with multiple panels when I was bolting together uh they're perhaps informed by the work. With informed, you. yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Informed by the earlier work because they were just flat, pretty much flat color or textural fields. 
And in order to make them interesting as paintings, I was, you know, butting these panels up against one another. Almost like a collage. Yes, and forming this geometrical edge. And so I remember feeling like, oh, that's very satisfying, the way that those edges come together. And that's happening again. And the edges now, they're not as as hard-edged. They're softer. It's kind of a soft geometry. But there are straight edges in the work, and there are much more defined areas than I've been using in the past. Hmm. So it's an evolution. (laughs) Well, we're... uh we're getting ready for Christmas dinner here. All right. And, I, I and have I to have, let you go cook. <laughs> yeah, I, I have agreed to cook Christmas dinner. So, <laughs> All right. Well, I know this. people will be hearing this after the holidays, but wishing you all the best for the coming year and uh, keep creating in your studio, whether it's messy or clean. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find Rebecca Kroll on Facebook. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. Until then, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.